0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information,
1: please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au
0: uh, Just a couple of things we'd like to uh, highlight and uh, help you to be aware of. Next week, Simon Warwick is uh, our guest speaker as we continue our Mission missions month after God's heart. And uh, Simon Warwick is the Chief Executive Officer for MPART in Australia, uh, which partners with uh, organisations in India in doing the work uh, that they're seeking to do. And uh, so in in aid of that, uh, if you want to hear Simon's message next week and hear some of the work that's happening throughout Northern India particularly, you need to be here because there won't be a podcast. uh, Just to protect people and to enable Simon to tell the stories that he wants to tell, Um, India isn't always completely uh, very safe Um, and they're actually going through elections at the moment uh, as well with a really strong uh, Hindu government um, and stories of if you are against the Hindu government if you print stories against the Hindu government if you speak up or protest against the government and their policies uh, you go missing or you're put in prison. So uh, it is a tumultuous time. Uh, So next week, uh, Simon Warwick, uh, CEO of Empart, if you want to hear some of the stories and some of the challenges facing our world and have your heart stirred, uh, be here. Uh, There won't be any podcast. Okay. Can I just, um, I really, will I say this or not? (laughs) Yeah. Um, When I went to uh, India and Indonesia, I was reminded that... uh, both of those countries are also undergoing elections throughout May. Um, so uh, the Indian election with a really strong Hindu government, the Indian- Indonesian election uh, with a really strong Muslim government uh, and our own elections. Now I've, I've never been very good at standing up here and um, making statements about politics. Um, that doesn't mean I don't think we should, shouldn't be involved in politics. We are incredibly involved, and Christians need to be incredibly involved in politics. I know one of the great things that we have is the freedom to vote, um, a freedom that we shouldn't take for granted. Uh, I know as we hit that 18 to 20 age bracket, and I'm still wrestling. You know, I read the information it does my head in. Um, and I read the information today you know, between uh, some parties, and I think I'm not really sure what the difference is. And there's some elements where I'm not really sure what's being said or what some of our parties stand for. But what I do know is that we have a voice. What I do know is that we have a privilege and a freedom and a right. We shouldn't take that right for granted and we shouldn't abuse that privilege and that freedom. We live in a country where we do have that freedom because of the democracy that's been created. We live in a country where um, we can take voting for granted and yet, then we're probably likely, because we're good Ockers, Australian people, to sit around and complain about everything the government needs to be doing to improve the country. Um, if we don't vote, we've got no right to complain. That might not be a best way, because we probably feel like we complain and nothing changes. Um, we need to take this seriously, we need to take this importantly. I'm not going to tell you which way to vote, because I say one way, and I'm going to have 50% of you come up to me after the service and say, what do you mean? And if I say the other way, I'm going to have the other 50%. Um, so you work it out. But let's, let's, if, if, we take, if we value our country, if we love our country, if we believe in the values that our country, recognising that our values have changed and we can talk about what it used to be and that it's no longer a Christian country and all those things, but that doesn't mean that we have less of a right to speak or less of an influence to speak. How we speak is really important. The way in which we speak, the heart that we come with, the way in which we honour our leaders uh, and care for our leaders and speak of our leaders is really important. And so with that, I offer that to you. I just, yeah. You can see how awkward and hard it is, but it, I just felt like it was a really important thing to say. Um, and I feel like there's a worldwide thing happening at the moment. I don't know how often, does, does Neville Faye, do you know how often like, other nation elections line up at all. Does anyone know that? Would you know that? It's an interesting thought because Americans going through elections, that'll be fun to watch on the news, won't it? Um, They're going through elections too at the end of the year. So, yeah. I'll leave that with you, recognising we're a part of it together. I just want to speak uh, into our our community a little bit. Jared's going to say something shortly. Uh, as well really want to honor the ladies in the house really want to honor you as as people whom we love as people who uh, we respect as people whom we treasure I want to really want to honor the ladies in the house uh, regardless of your age now I know we're celebrating mothers and and we do want to honor mothers really specifically uh, and Jared's going to speak to that but I, I know also the reason that we it—we want to give every woman a flower, every lady is a flower, is because we want you to know that you're loved. We want you to understand deeply and richly that you are loved. Now sometimes that's, or often it's imperfect, often you feel undervalued, often you feel like nobody's seen you. And today we wanted to say to you, you are seen, you are known and you are loved. One of the great, uh, if, if you stood out there for any length of time, you would have seen people get to the front door and then get to the door and then go, oh. And then walk off the red carpet. Which I find really fascinating. Because we struggle with this whole sense. And a number of people said to me this morning, I do not feel worthy. So I want to say to you ladies today, particularly I want you to hear really clearly today, you are worthy. You are loved and you are known. Now, one of the other struggles, many of the other struggles that people have is that because it is Mother's Day, this causes a real tension for people. Some of the tension is the relationship with our mothers wasn't great. Some of the other tension is that our mothers are no longer here with us. Some of the tension is that I haven't been able to be a mother in the desire that I would like to be. And so into all that, we want to say, you know what, regardless of your experience, regardless of the hardship, regardless of the questions that you face, you have a mother role amongst us. You might not have experienced the perfect mother role. You might not have been a perfect mother in the last week. Who is? Um, you might not have had children in the ways that you did, you might not have had a great example. But we believe God gives us an example and reveals an example through Jesus to uh, demonstrate what it is to love wholeheartedly, with respect and with honour. And so we wanted to honour you in that today. Knowing that even if you're not uh, a mother in the in true sense, in the physical sense, and the one who's given birth, you are a mother to someone. Does that make sense? So I want to honour our our generations today. Actually, I wanted to go back to uh, worthiness as well. And if you need to go back to the entrance today, or even as you walk out, I want you to stand up and I want you to walk across that red carpet with your shoulders back and your head held high. And if you need to pause, we did think, we talked about it today, we should have had paparazzi lined up either side for you as well. But, you know, that might have been too overwhelming. But, um here listen listen to this and i know there's plenty of texts but listen to this you are a chosen people you are a royal priesthood you are not you could be not you might be not if you do this not if you've got it completely right not if you've given birth or not given birth not if you've had a great example not if you didn't have a great example but you are a holy nation You are a royal priesthood, a chosen people, a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, and this is difficult for some of you to hear today, because you still feel like you're not a person worthy of walking on a red carpet, worthy of receiving a flower. So hear this. And if you don't hear it from me, hear it from scriptures. You are a people of God. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So walk on the red carpet, enjoy it, soak it up. Laugh, dance, sing, whatever you need to do as you go out to receive the blessing and the mercy of God this morning. So in this, we want to, uh, I just, can I ask if you're in the ages, and not, this is always really difficult um, to some extent, if you're age 12 to 18, would you stand up please? Now, church, have a look. Have a look around. Who do you know? Who don't you know? You won't know all of them. That's okay. Now, celebrate them. Give them a round of applause. (laughs) Honour them. Love them. Thank you. Please be seated. You can see where this is going. If you're 18 to 30, ladies, would you please stand up? Hmm. Even if you're not part of our church, stand up. Yeah, up in the cry. Yes, we see you in the parents' room. Yes, that's right. Exactly right. They're up there going, should we stand up? Because nobody can see us. Now everyone can see you in the parents' room. All right. Give them a round of applause. Cheer them on. All right. Thank you. Please be seated. Now, all right. Now, listen. You know what I think about celebration and what we need to get better at. We said we're going to improve it at this year. I can feel there's already a bit of a dip here. All right. You're already feeling a bit worn out. You're feeling like you've gone through the first quarter. You've got a few quarters to play. All right? Let's, let's go, all right? 31 to 50. If you're between 31 to 50, would you stand up, please? Even if you're not part of our church, even if you don't usually come to the Horsham Church of Christ, we want to love you. We want to say that you're worthy. We want to bless you. We want to honor you if you're new amongst us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we know what we want to do. Let's celebrate these ladies. All right. Thank you. Please be seated. Now, if you're 51 to 70, would you please stand up? I tried to give you a big age range, all right? So work with me. Work with me here. All right. Even if you're not part of our church, even if you're new, even if you... are So please don't be shy. All right, now the rest of the church, have a look again. And again, have a look around, see who you know, who you don't know. Who could you get to know? All right, who's a woman that's maybe stirring in your heart to encourage or be encouraged by? All right, church, you know what we want to do. Let's celebrate them. All right, here we go. Very good. Very good. Now, if you're 71 plus, I've learned a few things. Stand up. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yep, stand up. Yes, don't be shy. Have a look around again. Pay attention to the wisdom, the heritage, the stories that will be here. All right, church. Now, 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 wait, 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 wait. This is three quarter time speech here. All right. These ladies have lived a lot of life. They've seen a lot of things and they've overcome a lot of hardship. They deserve to be celebrated. Let's celebrate them. Come on. Ah. Well done. Thank you. Please be seated. Now, did you want to do something there now or you got it? you're right. Okay. All right. Um Here, hear me. Hear me here. Hear me now. Please don't just celebrate on Mother's Day. Right, have a look around and when you go out and have a morning tea or when you go into the State Youth Games Wall or when you're walking down the red carpet, who's someone as you look around that you think I can speak into their life or I can learn from them? Because I, I, I guess in preparing for this week, we were thinking about how we how we really want to honour our ladies amongst us. And I was trying to think about how I do this for each generation and in the end, I felt like it was a word that kept coming back um, that regardless of which generation you are in, you are going through enormous changes and all those, those changes are different in every way. If you're going through if you're 12 to 18 you're going through uh, emotional and physical changes. mind you if you're 70 fifty plus you're probably going through emotional and physical changes. So h- how do you speak about that for every generation except change is so much a standard part of our life isn't it whether that's friendships whether that's uh, relationships in family whether that's work whether that's desires whether that's study there's there's constant job changes there's change everywhere we look and i wanted to say that despite the change despite the change god is the one constant And you might not always feel close to him and you might not feel he's always come through and you might not feel like he's always understood the changes that you're going through or the things that you've struggled with and he might not have always answered those prayers that you've prayed in your young age, in your middle age, in your old age and I don't fully understand or comprehend that except to say that I know God is the one constant. And we can sit here and we can talk about how things used to be and how things aren't anymore and the reality is they're just not. We wake up tomorrow and guess what? They're not the same as they are today. So what's the one constant in that change when we wake up tomorrow? Who's the one we're going to press into? Who's the one that we're going to know sees us as loved and worthy regardless of what anybody else says to us? Who is the one that causes us to stand up straight when the rest of the world would say, That's enough? Who is the one that would look at us and say, I love you, even though we don't measure up in terms of having enough money or having enough beauty or having the right body shape, the right body image, the right materials, the right clothing, the right brands that will change in the blink of an eye? Who is the one constant? And he has placed you, he is the one who is your strength, your rest, your hope, your salvation, and he has placed you for such a time as this, in this time. And if you're older, your task is not to long for a day that's gone by. Your task is to raise the people up who are to come after you. And if you're younger, your task is not to complain about those who are older and how they used to do it. Your task is to learn from them and gain their wisdom and to listen to their stories. Learn from the past and dream of the future. I want to share a couple of texts and you can can decide where you land. Uh, I'll go to this one first. The one that Jared read to us this morning, I just felt like I wanted to say it again. Uh, Psalm 71, May um, As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds of your saving acts all day long though i know not how to relate them all i will come and proclaim your mighty acts sovereign lord i will proclaim your righteous deeds yours alone since my youth god you have taught me and to this day i declare your marvelous deeds even when i am old and gray do not forsake me my god till i declare your power to the next generation your mighty acts to all who are to come if you have breath you have a call if you have breath, you have a call. And it's not about always what suits us or makes us comfortable, but it is about to declare the praises and the marvellous acts, the marvellous deeds of God, who is one constant. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 command and teach these things don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct in love in faith and in purity until i come devote yourself to the public reading of scripture to preaching and to teaching do not neglect your gift which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Closely, Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Do not rebuke an older, an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Now, you decide if you're one of the older generation or one of the younger generation. But I think we have a call. And I hope that whatever changes you're going through, whatever changes you're in the midst of, whatever questions you have, whatever struggle you might be in the middle of, that you might know and experience our God, the loving Father, who has loved us so deeply and so richly that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish. And that means, like now, but will have eternal life, which means, in this breath, it's a promise for here. So, whatever your story, whatever your generation, Whatever your struggle, whatever your change, may you know God to be your one constant. Thank you, thank you. Uh, So before you freak out and think, now
1: we get a message, it's not going to be a full-length message, right? So you can all relax. I'm not going to go 45 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. I just want to encourage us. um, In the same spirit as Simon's already been speaking about, uh, in regards to the heart of the mother, uh, and celebrate mother's Biological, spiritual, um, and everything in between. Is that okay? Okay. So in, uh, in Luke, Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bibles there, you can open up. I'm just going to go through the story. So the, Luke tells the story of the birth of Jesus a little bit differently to the other Gospels. And he's uh, telling, recounting what happens with uh, Mary, obviously the mother of Jesus, but also her sister Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah. Now, if you don't know, Zechariah was a priest um, in the Jewish uh, priestly system, uh, and he was on priest duty, and he was uh, chosen that year to go into the Holy of Holies. They had a priest once a year that would go into the Holy of Holies um, and do what needed to be done in there, and then they, would be, then they would come out, and there's this whole kind of protocol about what needed to happen for this priest to go in there, and they'd have to be completely washed and clean, and their clothes would have to be pure and clean. And then they'd have to, uh, somewhere it says that, you know, they couldn't even sweat. Like there could be no sense that it was actually their own pressure or their own doing that they were in the Holy of Holies. They just had to submit themselves to the presence of God and go in there. And so Zechariah goes in uh, to the Holy of Holies uh, to burn incense. Uh, And an angel appears to him, and Gabriel appears to him. uh, And this is uh, verse 13. The angel said to Zechariah, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. I always think it's interesting when there's an angel, when somebody in the Bible has an encounter with God, Jesus, or an angel, one of the first things out of that God, Jesus, or the angel's mouth is, Don't be afraid. Like I know and I know other people love to have an encounter with God, love to meet with Jesus face to face, to see angels, um, but it would freak you out because often they show up and they say, look, don't be afraid, I'm here for a good reason. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He'll be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel, he will bring back to, their, to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Even in reading that now, that is the cry of our hearts in this season. And we can look at the world and think, wow, it's really falling apart. But here it is, the angel Gabriel, you know, a couple of thousand years ago, standing before Zechariah and saying, here, um, your son is going to uh, turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. And that is one of our greatest needs in the world today. That our father's hearts would turn to their children and the disobedient would turn to the wisdom of the righteous. And we would align ourselves with the heart of our Holy Father and with the wisdom of the righteous. Here's a clincher. Zechariah said, asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. I'm not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. Now I want to contrast that and you think wow that's really severe that they would shut the mouth but I've heard people talk about this passage and they say the Israelites were kept out of the promised land for 40 years because of their grumbling and so the angel Gabriel in his wisdom shut the mouth of Zechariah in order that he wouldn't ruin the promise that was coming from God. And sometimes we can look at a move of God, we can look at what God has promised to us and we can say, well, I'm not really sure about that, God. How's that going to work out? And we actually can mess up and interfere with the promise God has given us. We can have this warped idea sometimes that the will of God and his, His purposes will be fulfilled no matter what. And quite likely they will be, one way or another, sometime or another. But God always works through His creation, you and me, His sons and daughters here on earth. Everything he does on earth is through his sons and daughters. And so when he comes to us and he offers us a promise and he offers us an invitation to be a part of what he wants to do to see his promises fulfilled, we can actually ruin it with our moaning, our groaning, our complaining, our short-sightedness rather than actually partnering with him. Contrast Zechariah, a priest in the temple system with a teenage virgin named Mary. Mary. Verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you, are, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour With God. You'll be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. See Zechariah asked the angel, and he said, How can I be sure of this? mary said how can this be there's a difference between doubt and discovery and Zechariah doubted the word of the lord for him and his family mary wanted to discover more of what god was going to do in her and through her and sometimes we can get caught up in looking at what god wants to do in us and through us and wonder well how can i be sure of this god You've given me this promise, you've said this is what's going to happen, it might be through his word, it might be through a dream, it might be through a prophetic word that somebody gives us in the season, it might be something that we've been nurturing for such a long time and we turn to God and say how can I be sure of this because we doubt who he is and what he's like versus the the spirit of a teenage virgin who would have been scared out of her wits at that time. It's got to be pretty scary if an angel shows up and says, you're going to have a baby and it's not from a man, it's from God. Like, don't tell me you'd be okay with that. Like, I, I freak out. I freak out. I freaked out when I found that we were going to have a baby the normal way. And I knew that how that happened. So here's Mary, this teenage girl, not yet married, engaged, betrothed, But she doesn't doubt the word of the Lord for her life. She says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Like, currently, my circumstances suggest I'm not going to have a baby. So, Angel Gabriel, how is this going to take place? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. You can keep reading the rest of the story for the next couple of chapters. It's an incredible story. And about the encounter between Mary and Elizabeth. And um, John in Elizabeth's womb getting excited when Mary walks in the room and he hears the sound of her voice and Elizabeth gets excited and Mary gets excited and I just read that story and and throughout the week reflecting on this day and I'm wondering how many of us get excited because what the Lord wants to do in our lives and how many of us actually doubt what God wants to do in our lives because it seems next to impossible and even coming up to Mother's Day and um, I have an incredible mum and we've had some good times and bad times and had to work through a lot of stuff and I'm married to an incredible mum and I'm so proud of her for the way that she mothers our children and the way that she's raising three gorgeous girls who one day would love to be mums of, the, of their own and, and pray for them in that. And I, just, I, I love this day and everything that it represents. But my heart's been heavy this week for the, for the women out in our midst whose dreams haven't been fulfilled and realised. And it might be that you've had babies and that's all God according to plan, but somewhere along the line you so desire for your children to follow Jesus but they don't have that relationship with Jesus or it might be that you haven't actually been able to have children for one reason or another and some people have gone along the path of IVF and that has worked out or it's just been a painful expensive process and they've had a child through that process or they've gone through IVF and it hasn't worked out and some people have looked at adoption but that just seems too hard too expensive too drawn out and just it's one more closed door and some of us, and I know this applies to males and females as well, but particularly speaking to the women in the room today, and men, you can take a hold of it if it fits for you as well, that we know we have this promise from God. God said to us at one point or another, whats what we're going to be like, what's going to happen in our lives, or we look at the world around us and we think, this is what my life should be like. I should be a mum by now. I should be married by now. I should have kids by now. I should be here by now. And we're not here by now. And so we build up this disappointment or this resentment in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, and we say, God, how can I be sure of this? And it doesn't just become a question about what's happening in my life or what I'm like or what should have happened or what shouldn't have happened. It becomes a question where we accuse God and we say, God, what are you like when my life is like this? What are you like, God, when I know what my life should be like, but it doesn't Seem like that right now. And a few of us in this room today have dreams that are not fulfilled. And either we have completely given up hope or we have given up hope. And Proverbs says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but dreams fulfilled are the tree of life. And some of us are wondering what life is like when our dreams haven't been fulfilled. Fulfilled. We're giving up hope. And we look around at other people around us. We look at women that have their babies. We look at families where the children are following Jesus and on fire for God and we go, where did I go wrong? And I love the encouragement that Simon had for us to speak into the generations, for those to learn from those that have gone before us and for for us to speak into the generations that have come after us. But our sense this week was that there are some of us in the older generations that have wisdom to offer, that have experience to share, but we're too scared to share those experiences because we look at our own failings, we look at where we've fallen short, we look at the things that haven't worked out in our lives and we think, well, what do I have to offer when I haven't got it figured out myself? But we don't want to learn from you, we don't want to share life with you just because you've got it all figured out. Put your hand up if you've got life all figured out no takers. Maybe if you're like one day old, you've got got life figured out after that. No. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. We've all had things that haven't worked out according to plan, but we so need to encourage each other. We so need to lean on each other. We so need to hear each other's hearts and journey with each other through the good, the bad, and everything in between. You know, I look at the coes and and Joshua's spoken about this in this house, so it's okay to say it now, but, you know, they're on the verge of baby number three being born, but there was a few miscarriages last year, and that was a really tense, trying time to go, where is God in all of this, and where am I in the midst of God when we've got the promise of new life, but that promise doesn't seem to be fulfilled? And that's just one. I know there's other people in this room. And I really felt it for the older generations, for those who you have adult children and your adult children really feel about not walking with the Lord. And you feel like you don't have anything to offer because your kids aren't walking with Jesus. How could you encourage another follower of Jesus? Well, you can because you have wisdom and experience to share. And I'm really sorry that your children haven't chosen to have a personal relationship with Jesus for whatever reason that might be. But we need you. We need you to love other people like you loved your children, like you love your children. We need you to share your heart like you shared your home. We need you to speak into the hearts and the minds and the lives of those that come after you. We need you. And I want today to be a day when dreams begin to be fulfilled again. For us to know the incredible, overwhelming, all-encompassing love of God. And this is, my, this is my hope, this is our prayer, this is our encouragement for today. No matter what your life story is so far, God works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. God works for the good. God works for the good. And here in this moment, we're going to listen uh how he's going to come and, and sing a song in a moment that some of us know and some of us don't, but rather than actually sing along with it, I want you to receive the words of the song as a promise, as a declaration of what God is like and who He's like and what He's, what he's doing and what we have in Him. Because God does not give up. He has not given up on us. He's not given up on me. He's not given up on you. No matter where you like, where you are in life, God has not given up. Some of us, we don't have a great relationship with our mum. Some of us, our mum died before we could reconcile with her. And I want to say to you, it's not too late. And I'm not talking about talking to the dead. I'm talking about forgiving your mum and receiving forgiveness that can only come from God. Can you close your eyes where you are? I just want to pray into this right before we. How he leads us. Father God, I thank you that you are the perfect loving Father and we are all made in your image, fearfully and wonderfully made, made to reflect your likeness, your glory. Forgive us, Lord, for falling short of what you have in store for us. Forgive us for doubting who you are and what you're like and what you want to do in us. Forgive us for not holding on to the promises in our lives, Just because what we see in front of us doesn't match up with what you have spoken over us and to us and about us. God, we thank you for our mums. Mums are your idea, God, and you only have good ideas. And for those of us hurting today because our relationship with our mother isn't what it should be, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place that you would pour out your spirit of forgiveness, a spirit of repentance, a spirit of restoration. For those of us that are mums who feel like they've fallen short, Lord, would you show them in this moment how well they have done, the difference that they've made, the impact that they've had. Show Show them, Lord, that despite mistakes, despite shortcomings, despite whatever might have worked and what hasn't worked out the way it was planned, that you have been at work in them and through them all this time. God, would you show each and every one of us how you see us as Simon said that we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood and that we would be reminded of this in this moment and that all of us would begin to see ourselves more and more like you see us rather than getting caught up in how we think we've failed and fallen short. Show us what you're like, God. So and more and more we would understand what we're like.